Hi! That's Lindsay. And that's Kayla. And we're two friends who share a love for reading that we want to share with you. So, so let's, let's talk, talk about, about books, books, baby! <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Hallelujah. Yay. Good. Sorry. Thank it took you me a very much. I like it. Have you heard that song? Yes, because I used it on a TikTok when I went past the Trump stand near the In-N-Out that's close to my house. <laughs> the one that and we went to. Yes. And when you go into the drive-thru of In-N-Out and you go around like the curve to get to the window, you have just a straight shot of this Trump stand. It's gone now. I went to In-N-Out last week and it wasn't there. They're getting anxious because the election's getting closer. But yeah, they were gone. So I had a video where I like kind of zoomed in and I used that sound. Fuck you very, very much. Because <laughs> we hate what you do and we hate your whole crew. So don't stay in touch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, yay, I'm back. Welcome back. We missed you. I know. I thank you to everyone who religiously listens for um, not caring, I guess. Not that anybody said anything, but Kendra did amazing. She's an amazing guest. Thank you. We should have Kendra on more often. Oh, for sure. She's, yeah. uh, she really enjoyed it. And like, it was the perfect week. But it was so funny, because like I told you, I cut out so much because right. my sister, <laughs> and yeah. we just got so, oh, sorry, Siri thought I was talking to her. Siri's um, like, I'm here. <laughs> you rang. But yeah, so it was like, Kendra and I just couldn't stop talking. And then I was like, you know what? I was like, we should wrap it up. <laughs> Probably. Okay. Well, We're gaining an hour. You guys should do a sister podcast. I think it would be really funny. And if you just like pick a random topic, I'm sure you guys could fill an hour. Of honestly. Just talking about talk. like, yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, I was thinking about it when you said that too. And I was like, yeah. that would be so much fun because I mean, I think that there's a special bond between sisters and between brothers too, I'm sure. But like, I'm speaking specifically from sisters because you can just talk about nothing and it's right. so amazing and so fun. And that's what friends are for too. But right. like, it's just, it's there's different a different, yeah. I feel, I feel like it's because you have a lot of shared life experiences oh, and yeah. we're raised similarly. And so I feel like that's what makes it so enjoyable hearing you guys talk is that you're coming from a very similar place. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost funny those parts where you kind of have realizations about talking about like your family and your past. You're like, yeah, like this is what we've been through together. So I I like that element of it. So you should do a sister podcast. We'll definitely consider it because I don't know. I I feel like, especially for, especially, I mean, for women, I'm sure for men as well, but uh, speaking from a woman's standpoint, I think sometimes you just need another woman to talk to or to listen to or whatever about life, you know? Right. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why you and I started this podcast was because we were like, well, you know, you have people who are book readers, but their friends are not. And right. they want to talk about books and they right. don't get the chance to. Right. Exactly. And I think especially during this pandemic, it's been you know you can use a friend to talk to to listen to a sister you know like yeah although it's funny because I feel like I'm not listening to podcasts as much because I'm not in my car as much you know and that's where I mainly would do or like at work 
I would go to work and, and sit there with my podcast in. But now that I'm at home, I feel like there's all these other factors that have kind of kept me from listening. Like I'm behind on my favorite murder, which is oh just God. unheard of for me. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know. It, it's funny. So if there are people who are still like religiously listening to our podcast and stuff, like we definitely really appreciate that. Yeah. So. God bless you. Well, and yes. I mean, for me, I know sometimes you also listen to podcasts because you're trying to avoid things. That's and true too. So, well, with me, uh, I do that. The only time I've been really listening is when I'm doing the dishes. Mm-hmm. And so it's like 10 minutes of an episode and then I move on to something else because it's like I could listen while I'm in the shower, but then I feel like I get distracted easy, oh you know, and like, especially with like true crime podcasts. I'm kind of like, I don't want to be distracted. I guess with our podcast, it'd be a little bit easier for people to like more passively listen to. But when we get into like the true crime, oh, Okay, so Ari recommended an episode of Crime Junkies to me. Have you listened to any Crime Junkies? No, but I've heard of it. Oh my god, highly recommend. And it was their most recent episode was about this butcher baker of Alaska. He was a serial killer. And I had like vaguely, I feel like I had heard him mentioned somewhere before, but I hadn't heard all the details and like, fuck, the details were scary. But when I finished it, for some reason, they had two episodes on Lacey Peterson uh-huh. um, from, like, December 2017. And for some reason, those ones, like, popped up next for me, and I don't know why. And I was like, oh, you know, I actually don't know anything about the Lacey Peterson case. Like, I passively know that she was a pregnant woman who died, and, like, people think her husband did it. But I really didn't know the facts of the case. I was seven when it happened. I just wasn't involved in the media at that time, and I just didn't oh, yeah. know. And I literally sat there... And I had to finish the two episodes in that sitting. I couldn't let it go because I was so obsessed. And honestly, I don't think Scott did it. You don't. I There's don't. a whole Hulu mini Is there, series on it. Did you watch it? Is it good? I did not watch it, but I do know a few people who have watched it. And when they watched it, they were like, I don't think he had anything to do with it either. I don't think he did. Because did you know, sorry, we're getting way off track here. This is You're the things fine. that I give a, this is the things <laughs> I give a fuck about though. So this is kind of in line. I it give is? a fuck about Lacey Peterson and people who die tragic, horrible deaths. There were during the three years around like the same time that she disappeared and was murdered, Seven other pregnant women in Modesto also went missing. Seven other pregnant women, very far along pregnant women, because she was eight months pregnant, very far along pregnant women, all seven of them disappeared in that same time frame. And there's just a lot of other kind of sketchier things that don't add up. But the media wanted to fucking crucify Scott. And I get it. He was a shitty husband. He was cheating on her and like... There were some some sketchy things, but honestly, like, and Crime Junkies mentions this, that, like, he just seems kind of unlucky. Wrong place, wrong time, and the media is picking up on those certain unlucky things. Um, Very much But it's so. funny because because I wasn't a coherent person during that time period, um, I asked my mom, I texted my mom, I was like, mom, you know, the Lacey Peterson case, you know, 2002, did you like pay attention to it? She said, yeah, of course. And I said, do you think Scott did? And she said, oh, yes, of course. <laughs> and I think that that's funny, because as an adult during that time, she was so influenced by the media, and truly believes that Scott did it. But as me coming in unbiased, you know, never really looking into the facts of the case until now, I don't think he did it. So anyway, that was my my rant. And I am, 
I'm fucking obsessed. So You're I was going to do some more. Yeah, I was going to do some more digging because I'm like, I need to know every single, all of this info. No, He was sentenced to death. He's on death row. And it's like, yeah. he's appealing. And I mean, yeah, he's a shitty person, but I don't think he deserves to be on death row. So I digress. This week, we're talking about a book. <laughs> Not true crime. <laughs> but we could. I just we joking. could. So today we are going to be talking about The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. And I have to be honest that I did not read this book. I didn't even pick it up. I am very sorry. That's okay. (laughs) It has been been quite the month for me, hence why we had a guest on last week's episode. And I was busy giving fucks about other things. And so... I Rightfully have not, so. Rightfully so. And so I haven't finished a single book. I'm just in a rut, but I've been laying on the couch watching Grey's Anatomy. You know, that's a healing. It's a healing process. So <laughs> um, I did not, well, I did not read it. I did find uh, kind of a summary and I feel like I can still get the gist of the book and kind of understand what the purpose of the book is through our conversation and through the summary that I read. And so mm-hmm. I'm very excited to still talk about it. Oh, yeah. And I I did read this book. I read it a while ago, but I really, really enjoyed it. And I truly, um, I'm looking at the same summary that you yourself were looking at. And I can tell you for a fact, like, it's a very good summary. It really sums up the entirety of the book in in a really beautiful way with a bow. This whole book is so well written. When I was reading this book, I felt like I had a friend sitting there looking at me, peering over my shoulder saying, what are you doing? Why are you worried about this? Right. Like, why are you concerned? And I got to say, I have some pretty bad anxiety. It really sucks. And when I was reading this book, I would say for probably the first third of the book that I read, I had horrible anxiety reading it. Really? Yes. And it was because I knew that I was reading it for a purpose. I knew I wasn't just reading it for fun. I was reading it because I have anxiety. I desperately need to get it under control. And I need to learn how to not give an F. So I was reading it, I guess, in in a way, I was reading it with the thought of, okay, you need to change this about you. And, And just that thought gave me anxiety. But then as I was reading the book, it felt more and more liberating, I want to say. Because I just had this guy who who's like a friend, basically, just telling me, you look, you need to calm down. What was that quote? It was like, you are not privileged in your pain and in right. your suffering. Your suffering right. is not unique. That actually really helped me. That did help me to remember I am not the only one who's going through hard times. I'm just the one who doesn't know how to manage it and who doesn't know how to manage what to give an F about. Like what part of my life do I have to worry about? What part of my life do I have to concern myself with? Right. Well, and I think that's actually a good point because it kind of relates to what I've been going through personally too. It's been it's been hard. And I had a moment yesterday where I hadn't cried or like really thought about it in like a week. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly I was just kind of thinking about it again. And I 
was in the kitchen. I literally like fell down crying. And Patrick was saying, okay, but look at what's happening with like Breonna Taylor and Black Lives Matter and all of these things that people aren't getting justice for. And they've gone through horrific things and our country is in shambles, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but I'm fucking hurting. Yeah. Let me be selfish for this one day. And then I can think about other people. (laughs) And I know that I've been selfish for more than that. But I think that there there's a fine balance because I think especially when you're going through something that's either traumatic or very like present and it's not a typical like run of the mill situation. Like I have never been in that situation, you know, this past month, I've never been in that situation before and it was fucking traumatic. And to me, that was the worst thing going on in the world, even though I know Breonna Taylor didn't get justice and our country is in shambles and our president is not going to give power peacefully or whatever. And like Chadwick Boseman passed away, like literally all these things have like built up and then my thing happened. And I was like, of course I'm going to forget about all of that. And Patrick kind of brought me back to like, yes, it's bad, but we can still pick ourselves up from this certain situation. So have your moment, but realize that other people aren't going to get that second chance to actually pick themselves up and move on from that that particular yeah. situation, which isn't what I needed to hear in that moment. <laughs> and I was very upset about it. And I was having a pity party for myself, which I think I deserve. But I think it ebbs and flows. And I'm kind of trying to get back into that mindset of my suffering isn't unique. I know that I've talked to other people who have had my suffering. And it's not unique. It's not specific to me. But the problem is that we don't know always what other people are going through. And so to us, it is the worst thing in the world until you start realizing that other people have similar situations to you. And you're not alone in that, which I don't know if that's related to the book in any way. But that's kind of how I've been personally feeling and kind of prioritizing what I give a fuck about. Because of course, I'm not going to give a fuck about work if I'm worried about my personal health problems, you know, like, fuck work, I don't care about that. You know? <laughs> yeah, I do think to an extent, there's this sense of we can give we can give an F about those things too. You know, you are still allowed to be sad. Like you right. are still allowed to be sad. And yes, there are tons of things going on in the world. But you also have to remember like these things that are going on in the world, you can still care about them while not, not, not giving an F, not that, but like you can still care about them without them completely overwhelming all of your senses because there are things. Yes. Because there are things in your life that you personally have to give an F about and other people don't. You're the only one who's going to give an F about those things or like it is something that you personally do. Also, that's part of this book is you need to choose what mm-hmm. to throw yourself into. Yes. And we have to care about human rights. I, yes. Me, huge human rights advocate, especially overseas human rights. Like right now, what's happening in China with right. the concentration camps breaks my heart. I won't even bring myself to watch Mulan because I'm like, it disgusts me what is happening, literally where this film was shot. And I, I, so don't, (laughs) you're not missing much. That's what I heard. There's no Mushu. So (laughs) that's what I heard. And I was like, okay, bye. 
So while these things, they do hurt me and they are awful, I think it also kind of goes with what Mark Manson says in the book that you need to enjoy your problems, right? I don't enjoy what happens in that part of China. I don't enjoy what's going on with the concentration camps and stuff like that. But what I do enjoy is being able to educate people and being able to stick up for something that I am very passionate about. So I think we can't let it drown us to the point where we can't give an F about anything else in our lives, but we can still care about it and we can still advocate for it uh, and we can still take action. But we also can't let it cripple us because if it, if we let it cripple us, then we are not going to be able to do anything. We're not going to be effective. We're not going to be an effective ally. We're not going to be an effective person. You also have to remember that. Well, I kind of to that point, because I I think that's such a good, good point that you do care a lot about what's happening overseas, not just here in America. And like, I think that we all have that one thing that kind of gets us like for me, Mm -hmm. it's pro choice, it's women's, women's reproductive health being not a political thing, you know, And, and I get so sucked in with fighting with like pro-lifers about it and it frustrates me and I sit here seething at my phone and I'm like I know I'm fucking right and I know that they're wrong but they will never fucking listen to me and so why do I keep pouring my energy into that avenue when I can send ten dollars a month to Planned Parenthood or anything else that would help what I truly believe in but then of course it's just I get so sucked in this point which the summary that we're reading is from James Clear and he has a bullet point that says I think what most people especially educated, pampered, middle-class white people consider life problems are really just side effects of not having anything more important to worry about. And that really, really hit me. Like, before everything that happened with me this month, the biggest problem that I had was that I fucking hate Patrick's dad. And like, (laughs) like, like, and that was like what was the constant fighting and like the emails that were going back and forth and the things that were said like I would sit here and like similar to me fighting with the pro-lifers I would sit here and like seethe about it and it's like okay is this really what is essentially controlling my life because it was all Patrick and I were talking about it was all that we were doing with even in our marriage everything was focused around his dad and what was said and reading this like it really made me take a step back and be like, whoa, that is not a real problem. Like, that's actually a pretty damn good problem to have if that's all that's going on with my life. And of course, you know, knock on wood, everything else happened directly after that, yeah. and, which kind of also reset my brain in that way too. But like, I think that a lot of very educated, higher class white people, or even just in general white people, their problems are not going to ruin their lives in general. I mean, I know that they're sure. definitely outliers, but like, like in general, the things that you are worried about and sitting there like thinking about, that's a side effect, like he says, of not having something even more important to worry about. And so yeah. that line really stuck with me. And We're a very drama centered breed. Did you ever watch the movie? He's just not that into you. Uh, I watched half of it. I couldn't get into it. I don't know why. Oh my god, that's so ironic that it's called He's Just Not That Into You and you couldn't get into it. I just was not that into it, yeah. But there is a part where main character Gigi, she's talking to Justin Long's character. He says, you just love the drama. 
And she says, that's not true. I don't love drama. And he says, oh, really? Now tell me, has there ever been a time where you paid a bill late or you did this or you did that? And he and he basically points out times where she put drama in her life. Right. Uh, right. And it kind of reminds me of that a little bit where it's like you have nothing else to worry about. Nothing yeah. at all. These are really like not problems. The, the problem is that we just feel like we have to give a crap about everything, everything. in our life. I have to give a crap about this. I have to give a crap about that. I have to give a crap about the fact that my dad loves watching the downstairs TV. And now I'm like, well, I don't feel like I can watch that TV because it's his. I know it's his. So it's kind of weird for me to use it. Oh my God. Am I going to insult him if I go and I turn it on? Am I going to do this? Oh, but what if I want to go get some food for myself? But my stepmom's already cooked. What am I going to do? I don't want to insult anyone. Just stop. Put a pause on everything. None of these things are important. None of them. And they're taking up space in your brain unnecessarily. Where if you poured that energy into something productive, you could essentially change your life. Even just like the amount of time that I've spent on TikTok, there's this one girl who... I follow her account religiously because she talks about her narcissistic mother-in-law and it it just, I relate to it so much. Not my actual mother-in-law. Sherry's amazing. We do not like Patrick's stepmom. So in my mind, I'm relating their situation Mm -hmm. to my situation, even though it's not like directly related and it's not nearly, nearly as bad. But today she literally said her mother-in-law was fighting with her husband. So her mother-in-law was fighting with her son, her actual son. In the comments of a YouTube video, because she won't respond to text messages, phone calls, or emails, she was fighting with him in the comment section of a YouTube video, and I literally went to that YouTube video and was reading their comments and what they were saying to I mean, of course, they put it on TikTok, and they were like, you know, you can go see, this is literally proof of everything that we've been saying to you guys, that she's narcissistic and crazy, and, you know, she says things like, But all the things I did for you, I folded your laundry and made you meals. And it's like, that's what a mom does for her child who cannot do those things for themselves. She's such a narcissist. But anyways, I paused Grey's Anatomy to go look at these comments. And I spent an hour. There were hundreds of comments that I scrolled through (laughs) reading about their drama. All of that time and energy that I put into giving a fuck about their lives. And granted... In general, her videos help me cope with our current situation with our crazy family. But Uh that was extreme. I did not need to do that in any way. I could have just watched the one minute TikTok video and said, oh, great. They're they're finding the YouTube comments. Moving on. But I had to. And I don't know. I don't. Is this maybe talked about in the book? Is there a reason that we as humans do this? Like, yeah, like you said, we like the drama and specifically putting things that cause drama in our lives. I don't feel like I do that on purpose, but maybe subconsciously I do by exasperating the situations that we have and making it more drama than it actually is. Do you think that that's something that we do or we seek it out through the avenue of other people? You know, like the gossip and the like the TikTok video and being like, oh, I want to know what their drama is all about. Am I just nosy? Like, what is (laughs) what is it? (laughs) 
So to me, I can't speak directly for the book, but I think that sometimes we use social media as a template as to what we need to care about. In this particular case, you know, you're looking at what this girl is posting and it's validating your situation and the fact that you should give an F about it. But I think there is also this sense of group polarization. So for anyone who doesn't know what group polarization is, it means that kind of like if Lindsay cares very much about reproductive rights, and I care a little bit about reproductive rights, when we get together, by the end, we both care a lot about reproductive rights, even if maybe it doesn't necessarily mean as much to me, which it does. But I mean, even if it doesn't mean as much to me, by the end, I'm talking like the same way that I talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, she's having her situation with her mother-in-law and maybe it's quite debilitating, but, uh, and you are having a situation with your father-in-law. That's quite, that's, that's fairly debilitating. So I think that you're going there to justify that there's this feeling that's welling up in you. But then I also think maybe she doesn't have anything else in her life that she has to give an F about except for this. Whereas you, maybe you do. So I think that's also something that we need to consider is that uh, just as an example, I have a friend who got a divorce uh, semi recently. And she is doing an amazing job of trying to not let it get her down. It's one of the most stress inducing situations that anyone can go through. So so she's going through it and she's taking it all in stride. It's funny because now when I see her on Instagram, she's doing different things than she usually did, which I love because it shows that while she was in this marriage, maybe there were things she wasn't able to do. Um, And now that she's out of it, she's actually able to care about things that she wants to care about, things that make her happy. But then when I go through drama with a guy, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, it's it's just breaking my heart, blah, 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 blah. But I have a pity party because I'm like, these guys broke my heart. But her marriage literally just ended and she is taking it with such grace. And she is looking at it as a positive. And that is something that's spoken about in the book, which is, so I think that the problem is that I'm searching for a more positive experience. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, maybe finally someone will love me. Or maybe finally someone will stay and not run away. And when they don't, I take it as a negative experience. And I'm sitting there like, oh my God, like they broke my heart again. Ow, this hurts so badly, blah, 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 blah. But what she's doing is she's taking something negative, a divorce. Right. And she is looking at the positive of it. Now I can do things I want to do, things that I wasn't able to do before. Now I can find someone who loves to do the things that I love to do and will accept me for me. That is where the difference is. I am looking at it as a woe is me. I wanted this positive experience. I wanted something to be positive and it didn't happen. And now everything is negative, but she is taking that negative and she's accepting it. And she is saying like, it's a natural part of life that a negative experience is going to happen. And instead of her being like, it's taken everything out of her, it hasn't. When I talk to her on the phone, she doesn't even talk about it. Right. She doesn't. She has accepted it and she is not dwelling on it. And I think she's the perfect example of how we are supposed to deal with these negative situations. And if you're out there, I love you. Well, I, <laughs> I, I want to also kind of uh, 
touch on that too, because I feel like also though, the way that someone might come across to you or, you know, to someone else is like, you're taking it as she's being positive. And I'm sure she is in some way too, but she could also still be hurting personally and keeps it very private. She could be crying in her bathroom at night and then, you know, wakes up in the morning and is like, hey, I'm great. Everything's fine. Everything's all hunky-dory because in a similar way, my neighbor down the street knew about what I had gone through and I saw her last night. And we were in a great mood. Her daughter loves Benny and we were having a good conversation and just didn't talk about it because it just didn't come up and it wasn't a thing and better to not. And she had texted me and she's like, oh, you're taking this surprisingly well. She didn't use that. Those She was very, it made sense because I was coming across very strong, you know, in quotes and like whatever to her. But like, mm-hmm. what she doesn't know is that I had spent my morning crying in the kitchen and, you know, my husband had to talk some sense into me and I was having a moment. And so I think mm-hmm. that it's still one of those fake it till you make it, which I have been trying to get away from because I think it's created a lot of negatives in my life where mm-hmm. I don't confront the things that I need to confront because I've been oh, yeah. it and I made it. And now I'm fine, but I will still have these moments where I think about the things that I was faking, like when my first boyfriend killed himself and I had never mm-hmm. really confronted that. I was like, I'm fine. I'm okay. I went through college. I got married. And sometimes I still have those moments where I realize that I didn't really confront my feelings during that time because I was faking it to everybody around me so that no one thought that it was an issue. That's true. A fake it till you make it only goes so far. But there is something that they discuss in the book where they talk about that a negative emotion means that you're feeling something. It means that there's something that's going unaddressed. So what that negative emotion is, basically, it's like an action item. It's telling you, hey, deal with this. Right. You have a negative emotion. Don't ignore it. Deal with it. That is one less F that's going to be on your list later. Yeah. And that's so, I feel like that's such a great way to look at it. And like, I was definitely raised in the way of just don't talk about your problems. No one needs to know what you're going through, especially like mental health problems. Like my boyfriend killing himself, it didn't really affect me physically or like in any, like I'd still go to school or whatever, but mentally I was fucked up. I had a lot of issues that I had to work through and Mm -hmm. I was just raised in a way of you just don't talk about it, which I think granted and my family has kind of gotten away from that and they're maybe too hey how's it going what are you okay you know because I think they realized probably wasn't a good thing to ignore all these issues and I think also kind of to that point to just to plug therapy is great and we should definitely normalize going to fucking therapy I think everyone should go to therapy mm-hmm. you don't know really what might be affecting you you know, like it could be a lot of things. It could be nothing. But talking to someone, a professional someone who will listen and understand and give you tools that you need to like, get through it is so important. And mm-hmm. I feel like that relates a lot to this, especially with a negative experience thing. You can turn those things into positives just by talking about it through therapy, I, I think is great. Yes, uh, I, I use BetterHelp and I really like my yeah. therapist. There were a lot of things that came out that I was like, I didn't realize that was still on my mind, but right, that you don't even realize that you had been bottling up and not confronting all that time. Absolutely. So do it, guys. It's totally true. It's all in how you perceive the problem. That's also in the book. If you perceive the problem as a, oh my god, this is an obstacle. How am I going to do it? Then it's going to seem a lot harder for you. But 
if you perceive the problem as, okay, as soon as I get over this problem, then maybe it's not going to be smooth sailing, but I'm going to be that much closer to my goal. Suffering is inevitable. It's going to happen. We are all going to suffer. And I sometimes when I'm talking to my family, I'll say something along the lines of, I just feel like I'm drowning. Like I feel like I'm just treading water and I'm just trying right. to keep my head above water. Right. And that's sometimes how I feel. And it's because I'm not looking at these challenges as, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to get me a step closer. Or this is, or like, okay, how can I enjoy this challenge? Instead, I'm just like, oh no, it's another one. Right. Okay, this is just a blanket general statement. You're never going to stop suffering. Right. We are never going to. There's always going to be something to suffer over. There's always going to be something to to that's going to happen to you and it's going to stress you out. Mm-hmm. But that's why it's so important to learn yeah. what you need to give an F about. Yep. That is why. Because if you're giving an F about every single thing, your life is going to be meaningless. It's going to be so stressful. You're not going to be able to enjoy your life. It's going to be miserable because you are so preoccupied with all of the little, I put little in quotes because ultimately it is a little problem. Every little thing turns into a big thing. And mm-hmm. that's no way to live your life. Absolutely not. I definitely think that's something that I personally have to work on. Yes. Because I stress myself out so much. Yeah. Even with my anxiety medication doesn't help. It's just, I'm just still stressed out. Yeah. But I mean, it does help. It does help to a degree. I I shudder to think what I would be like without it. But my problem is that I don't know when to quit. I don't know when to be like, okay, I don't need to worry about this. Right. I can just let it go. I can move on. And so I think that we all have issues that this book addresses. Maybe for some of us, some issues are not as big of a deal. Maybe we're a little more emotionally intelligent or whatever. But you can get so much out of this book. You really can. Because even if chapter one maybe doesn't apply to you as much, chapter two will. Or chapter three. And when I said, uh, maybe you're, we're more emotionally intelligent, I wasn't meaning me because clearly I'm not that emotionally intelligent. I feel like I am to a degree, but I feel like I have so much to work on. And so I really have to start thinking about what really matters. What's going to matter tomorrow? What's going to matter in four years because I'm telling you right now I don't know what I was worrying about four years ago no no, me neither and it's because it really was not that important so a lot of these things that I'm worrying about now they're not right. going to be that. They're not going to they're not gonna matter to you. Yeah. I no. think that's, that's such a good thing. And especially when you're in the midst of like something that is emotionally hard or traumatic or something that you're struggling with. So like to hear this from you and like hearing all these kind of highlights from the book. I probably should have fucking read it because it probably could have helped me a lot, but I was having my own pity party, but like- I still can. It's a very easy read. I don't know. I just, it's helpful because kind of like what Patrick was saying to me yesterday, like there's a lot of shit going on in the world. You are not alone. And like your specific problem is not the end of the world. Some people do not have the opportunity to pull themselves off of the kitchen floor and like do something about it and get past it. Absolutely. And I will say, actually, at the very end of the book, I don't know if I'll keep this in, I'll think about it. But at the very, very, very end of the book, 
he talks about he had been at a party with his best friend at the time. And they were at a it was like a beach house kind of. And it was right on like a cliff's edge where there was water and stuff like that. And so he was actually walking back from that cliff's edge. And his friend was walking over there. And I think that his friend mentioned that he was gonna jump into the water or something, or that he might jump into the water you know, for fun. Like it's something that they did. But the thing was, it was at night, his friend had been drinking. And when he jumped in the water, his, uh, oh, and then he went and he, I think that Mark Manson went and he was like back at the party, like in a hot tub or something. Okay. Um, and then he started hearing a lot of like fuss going on around that area. And then, uh, they had to call 911 because his friend had jumped in the water. And when he jumped in the water, his muscles seized because the water was so cold and he ended up drowning and it took him so long. He had a horrible, like horrible depression. And he actually now as he is living, Mm -hmm. he lives every day kind of for his friend because he remembers his friends so fondly. He loved his friend. I think part of him blamed himself for what happened to his friend. Right. And now he's like, I have to live for him. He's not going to live ever again. You know, I have to do these things for him. The entire book, he's talking to you, like I said, like a friend, he's, you know, cursing at you a lot and stuff like that. But then at the end, he gives you a very intimate insight into why he felt compelled to write this book, why he felt compelled to change his mindset regarding giving an F about these things in his life, you know? I feel like that's kind of true. Everyone, I think, probably gets a moment like that where you realize life is fucking short. I'm not going to waste my time on X, Y, Z or whatever. And I think that that's important to come to those realizations, whatever it is that makes you think that or if you are one of the lucky ones who does not have a moment like that and you can hear it from someone else and be like, oh yeah, like that didn't directly affect me, but I'm going to change my life because of it. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, this book is amazing. If anyone gets a chance to read it, even if you feel like you're in a really good place, Mm -hmm. I think that you can benefit from this book. Right. It's not like you're going to read the book and be like, I didn't get a single thing from it. No, you're going to read it and you're going to realize how strong you are as a person, how amazingly strong you are as a person. We like to worry and we like to, we like to worry because I think that we feel like we have more control because we're like, oh, I'm going to, I worry about this. So I'm going to go attack it. Oh, but now I'm worried about this. So I'm going to go attack it. Blah, 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 blah. Right. But the truth is these things, we actually don't need to worry about them. Uh, this book is really a great starting place. So um, pick it up, read it and uh, give us a listen. At the very beginning of this podcast, I read me and Mr. Darcy. Yes. Like I did an episode on it. If Go back and listen to it, you guys. But I was watching I Survived the other day. Oh my God. On Amazon Prime. And I was just binging it. And then I didn't realize that it was the last episode that I was binging. So the last episode comes on. It goes through. I get to the very end of the episode. I think that the next episode is going to start, right? Yeah. And I'm doing something. And so then all of a sudden, it's not I Survived that starts, but it's a movie called Austin Land. Oh my gosh, yes. Have you Swear to God, this, no, but this movie is basically me and Mr. Mr. Darcy. Darcy. Yeah, yeah. It's so much like it. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. (laughs) What is this? 
I watched that one years ago. And also Lost in Austin. Have you watched that one? Okay, so I used to be an ophthalmic technician at an optometry office. And I met this woman who was basically my kindred spirit. We exchanged numbers. What's up, Roberta? But so we exchanged numbers and everything. And she was so cute. And she begged me to watch Lost in Austin. Yeah. And she was like, please watch it. And I did. And I I watched like the first episode. It was pretty good. But that one's different because in Lost in Austin, she actually goes back to that time period. Right. Right. Which is a little bit like me and Mr. Darcy. But in Austin land, she's like, I'm going to go right. on this trip. And right. her best friend's like, no, don't go on the trip. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know, you don't want to have like an amazing trip with me and blah, blah, right. blah, blah. And she's like, no, I want to go on a trip right. to England. And I want to go around and see all these places and think of Jane Austen. Right. I was like, I'm sorry, who stole this from who? Right. <laughs> like, I know, right? That's so funny. Yeah. Harry Russell is in it. Very Harry Russell's in that one. Yeah. That's so funny. So um, uh, watch Lost in Austin, guys, I guess. Oh. Good. on amazon prime yeah <laughs> but uh guys that's it uh oh. join us next week uh next week is a new month a new month which means it's a new theme guys we're gonna get all spooky up in here stay tuned stay ready and be scared dun, dun, dun. bye bye Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Tune in every Monday for new episodes. That's Kayla. And that's Lindsay. Goodbye! In other news, I'm registered to vote. Yeah, you are. We need all the votes we can get.